0: Good evening, everyone. We are here to discuss the motherfucker with a hat. <laughs> and here to do it are the author, Stephen Adley Gierges. And the director, Indu Rubasingham. Show of hands, how many of you have already seen the show? Okay, that's nice. And how many are going to see it tonight? Okay,
1: about 50-50. Oh, okay. So we, we won't give away spoilers. too much. Well, yeah, we won't okay.
0: spoil it. No but that's appropriate because half of them <laughs> have seen this production and <laughs> the other half haven't. Because Stephen has just arrived from New York, and as you know, he has won this year's Pulitzer Prize for drama. Yeah. <clears throat> for a show with a wonderful ti- You think this has got a good title. Between Riverside and Crazy. Now, I haven't seen the show, but knowing Riverside, I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) It seems very apt. One thing I wanted to get right into, and and I'm going to try not to reveal any plot details here for those of you who haven't seen it. This is being shown here just at the same time as a mile away, the Royal Shakespeare Company is presenting Death of a Salesman. So about 65 years separate the two shows. And when I saw it, and I told Indu this, when I was here two nights ago, I felt melancholy because I realized how our society, and I'm a New Yorker, like Stephen, has moved on through the years. The two elements, value systems, you try to hold on to in Death of a Salesman are the family and the faith and the capitalist system. Well, you see this show and you realize there ain't much of neither left, but you're still searching for codes and something to believe in, aren't you?
2: Uh, I guess, yeah, I think that's where the play sort of came out of. Um, was taking a look around and sort of seeing a schism between how I grew up and the things that we prioritized when we were younger. With how things can evolve and change, you know, sometimes for the better, but often, you know, for the worse as we get older and our priorities change. Um,
0: there's one uh, family relationship in this show which provides comfort, two cousins. And it seems to me, my God, it's almost as if the family unit has disintegrated to where we have little bits left and we're holding on.
2: Yeah, I, I come from a big family. My, my mother is Irish American, my dad was from Egypt. And being from Egypt, he had like 14 brothers and sisters. So I had Inundation of family for for uh, my whole life, but now I'm 50, and you know people die, and you know, and you, you you make your own family, right? They say there's the family you're born with, and then there's the family you choose, and uh, so. But I do think that they the characters in this play do exist or coexist familially, yeah. but also dysfunctionally. Which also is familiarly as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I must ask Indu what attracted her to these themes, some of which are very New Yorkish, but some of which are obviously universal heres a here's a real local theme. you have the Commodore's record and and in one of the families the young man had to sneak the Lionel Richie record into a Tony Orlando album sleeve because the Puerto Rican father wouldn't listen to music by black people. Now that's a real, true ethnic struggle in parts of New York City, correct?
2: It was, it probably was. still is, but yeah, it yeah. certainly was.
0: Now, now you can relate to that even though you didn't live through that. I mean, it's it's, it's a classic example of the particular being universal. I think. I think...
1: Any good play, the, the, the best plays are the specifics being universal. And I think what attracted me to Stephen's play and Stephen's writing is a his language is fantastic. Uh, the, uh, and the characters, they're very, very, very specific, unique characters. And to be in a position to be able to explore and work and delve into those worlds is... I, I don't, I'm not interested in a universal play because I think anything that strives to be universal ends up being bland. And actually, it's honing down into that very personal... I mean, because it's about love, it's about addiction, it's about grief, it's about, you know, it's about which are all universal themes, but in a very specific world.
0: So. And, uh, you know, you talk about addiction, uh, again, as with the passage of time from Death of a Salesman, drugs go in and out. You know, I was amazed. The two cousins first smoke marijuana when they were 11. When I was 11, nobody even knew what marijuana was. Uh, But things have come on. Drugs have come in. Do you think it's had a corrosive effect uh, on New York City? Or is it just the latest possible thing to be corrosive?
2: Um, I mean, I think that the... Yeah, I mean, certainly drugs can have a corrosive effect on the city. Um, At least in America, um, I think that, that the war on drugs has had a far more corrosive effect on the country than the drugs itself. And that's, it's, there's a few things right now in our country that I just, it's like a national, it's like the daily national shame. Um, and So yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up with lots of drugs and drug addicts around and this and that. And and yeah, of course it's, it's preferable to have less people messed up. But um, but the way we deal with them is... It's,
0: it's the Nelson Rockefeller lasting legacy,
2: for those of you who know what I'm talking about. Uh,
0: now, we were just saying, off stage, because I said, gee, the uh, fire escape's a really clever way of filling the stage. And you were slightly intimidated by having to fill the stage with a play with uh, so few actors, shall we say. Well, no, I mean... Without,
1: I'm, I don't, I'm really conscious half half the audience haven't seen the play. It's but it's a it's a play of five characters in very domestic locations, and it's a very very big stage. And actually, the power of the play is in the characters. Um, and it's and working with the designer, the whole thing was about how do we make present the actor in the best focal position in this space and frame them so that we're not distracted by c- scenic elements or. You know, that, that we can really hear the story and we can really... Th- so that, that was the... Because you could do this play in a studio. You could do this... Obviously, you can do it in a big space. But I think the challenge of doing a play like this in a big space is absolutely getting the focus of those characters. And that, that, was, the, that was the struggle. And, but also with the struggle is the creativity. Comes the creativity and, and actually what, what, what the Firescapes do is sort of frame, act as a frame to... Those, the actors playing those characters, I think. Who,
0: who being yeah. edgy, are in movement almost all the time. Yeah. So you're not, you, not going to see a Talking Heads play, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who haven't seen no. this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Actually, and how, do, how does the director decide, OK, now he moves from the side of the bed to the desk. Now he's going to move over here. Uh, we don't just do that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think I was a bit better than just telling them where to move. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know. No, Sorry. You'll, you'll see that she fills this hour and 45 minutes very, very well. Uh, and Sorry, a, I, a I didn't mean. No, 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 no. I love being humiliated. Sorry. Um No, 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 no. Uh, there are fights.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Um, did you want to ask that question about how I got actors to move?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I mean you don't. I mean it's it's a very specific space, and so actually it's about sight lines. One of the questions you you know it's how to keep it natural uh, and real, but allow an audience in. So that's always the challenge. But in terms of the fight, uh, we worked with a brilliant fight director called Kevin McCready, uh, and uh, who's just fantastic. And what I think is brilliant about him is that. As a fight director, he works very intuitively with the actors. So it's like, what do you feel like doing OK, well, let this, let's create the movement to, to do that. And neither of these two characters are very good at fighting. So that was also part of the, you know, they shouldn't be good at fighting, That's should right. they? <laughs> he asked why they
0: went, Paul asked me why they went swords. <laughs> <laughs> um, it suddenly occurs to me, here we are, 13 minutes into this, and we haven't mentioned the word yet uh, obviously it's part
2: of our lives um, but
0: it made it difficult to sell the show in New York didn't it
2: well yeah until the reviews came out you know then then it wasn't it wasn't hard it, it it was difficult to sell because it, they didn't know how to list it on the internet you know the time like you know the times wouldn't run the title you know there was you know that kind of thing. But I was telling a colleague of yours before that when I wrote the play, I wasn't expecting to do it on Broadway. I thought we were going to do it down at my theater downtown. It's like a little 99 seat theater where downtown, this title is not, I mean, I've seen a lot more provocative (laughs) titles, you know, and it just happened to go to Midtown. And, um, they didn't ask me to change it, so I didn't change it. And then they asked me to change it when they had problems you know, with the marketing. And I was like, I'm not, I can't change it now. You know, Come on.
0: He, he's referring to something which I found rather funny, though sad, which is that the New York Times' Ben Brantley was reviewing a play whose title cannot be named in a family newspaper. So you've, you've got the love that dare not speak its name, and now you've got the play that dare not speak its title. Quite amazing. <laughs> But it turns out that this title character is absolutely crucial in the play, and it's one of the great twists. And he does write good twists, doesn't he? Yeah, he writes brilliant twists. Brilliant twists.
2: It's also good because if you go to see a play with this title and you're offended, you know, you almost don't have to refund the money because it's He's like, like yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's not like, called Lassie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a disclaimer and uh, <laughs> whatever. It felt like the right title. That's really how it came yeah. about.
1: But we've had similar problems in this country. We, it's not just an American, we, We've, you know, in terms of where we can say it, where we can use the title. It's really, it. to me, it's felt very frustrating because you kind of go, there's much worse things that people have access to, whether it's on the internet or whatever. And somehow we've become very, it feels very, even in, within the building, you know. Well, we're not allowed to put out calls that use the title, even <laughs> backstage.
0: So I'm like, really? <laughs> anyway. Well, no wonder I said motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. um, well, the evolution of language, by the way, is one of the fascinating uh, subjects of my career. Believe it or not, when I was young, the word bloody was still taboo. And it's, it's the evolution of the word bloody that made me realize that words go from taboo to boldly used, to overly used, to passe. And the F word is now, having started out in my youth as taboo, has now actually reached the overly used part. Passe is next. But for the moment, we just hold it up. Um, I have to say, you, you have a company called Labyrinth Theatre Company, which is very important to you. Could you explain how important it has been to you in your life?
2: Sure. Uh, I, I became part of a theater called Labyrinth in New York City uh, um, and uh, it was a. It, it started actually as a Latino Actors Base. That was the acronym for Lab, and it was just for Latino actors. But they brought in a few non- Latinos. That was one of them was me, and um, and it existed as a gym for actors for for a couple of years. And we bonded and uh, and we got really close and worked together, helped each other. After a couple of years, we decided we wanted to try to produce theater but nobody knew who we were. Um, so say like you might have a play that we want to do, but you'd be like, well, I don't know if I want to give it to you guys. Or we'd have a play and we'd need a director, and but Indu would be like, ah, I don't know if I can cast it within the company. So pretty quickly we decided to sort of become multidisciplinary. And, and uh, we did a little evening of one acts and somebody said, Stephen, why don't you write one? So I said, all right. And, It just worked out. Everybody seemed to like the play. They laughed when it was funny. They got quiet when it was serious. They applauded at the end. And then basically my friends kind of ganged up on me and got me to keep writing. And that's sort of how it happened. But Labyrinth was really uh, important because uh, for everybody here that's uh, an artist, whether you're a young artist or a middle artist or an older artist, Without a community, you're dead. I don't care how successful you are, you know. And and so from an early age, Labyrinth gave us a community. And this was a community mixed in with people who didn't act for a living, you know, school teachers, firemen. Uh, my friend David Zayas, who did Jesus Up the H.A. and at the Donmar and and at the Arts, started as a cop. He wasn't even a professional actor, and then ranging from them to people like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Sam Rockwell and other people who were very successful. Um, but the common denominator was, uh, you know, a safe place to fail, familial, take risks, encourage each other. And uh, so it, it meant a lot. I mean, it meant the world to me, you know. And, and, and when we did Jesus the Chain, it was literally here, first at the damar and then the arts, it, uh, and, and at Edinburgh, it was like we got to see the world. And it was us, and it was our company, and we used to come home from the theater and wait for somebody to, like, tap on a shoulder and be like, uh, you're not supposed to be here. But we were allowed to be here, and uh, everybody associated with Lab, and especially with that show, has such strong, fond, permanent memories of, of 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 london you know
0: well obviously the works travel because uh when i was here tuesday night it was a really good house you had a good house last night right
1: it was our opening night press night last yeah, night
0: yeah. yeah so um the work travels now
2: uh is that a surprise to you it's, it's opposite, everything it? It, it, i mean it, everything's a surprise well, the, the, the surprising the beautiful thing about it is that you could write a play on your kitchen table and people that you never meet, or you may meet you may never meet, get together and have an experience because you wrote a play. And if that also includes an audience that likes it too, it's good. That's the part that, you know, that's the part that makes me feel less bad about myself. Because I'm like, all right, I'm doing something. You know, again, it doesn't matter if the work is good or the work is bad, but people get together and little families are formed. And, you know, so it's, uh, I'm just grateful to be a part of it.
0: Well, there's someone who's a part of this cast who's been traveling with you, who's Yule, Yule Vasquez. Now, he's still on the board of Lab, I think.
2: Yule Vasquez, yes. He, he, uh, I think he's here. He's probably, he's, he's here to see. Yule is still a board member. Um, he's here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, and the company's doing great. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got, you know, may live forever. I love that
0: relationship with the cousins in the play. And this is not giving away anything by saying they're our cousins. <laughs> because it, it shows that decency can survive even under the greatest stresses. Correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd. Absolutely, but and I, 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 it it is about um, community and family relationships. And what's been really interesting exploring a re- relationship in, in the play that relationship is what how strong and powerful that you know blood is blood thicker than friendships. And you know there are two re- two strong relationships. There's two cousins, and there's also two friends. And that's been really interesting. The difference between and you. On first sight, you think one thing about one relationship and another thing about another relationship, and actually it twists on its head, but I won't say which is which. But.
2: Well, and I also... So loyal, I mean, there's a couple of things in the play. I mean, loyalty, obviously, is a big theme in the play, and I'm a big fan of loyalty. Um, and then kindness. I think there's an yeah. element of kindness to that relationship. That's it's reciprocated. you know, it's a, and, and, and kindness is... Uh, is, is, uh, is, is it's, 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 an, it's, it's underrated, you know, and uh, when it shows itself, it's, you know, so I think that's part of it, at least between those guys.
0: Another very important relationship in the show involves a sponsor and a sponsee. Um, I'll use those words. Uh, from, I don't know whether you'd call it NA or AA, but um, one of those organizations. Had you had to do any research um,
2: on on those organizations? Uh, yeah, some some research. Uh, um, you know what I found is I'm a big I'm a big proponent of twelve step, um, and uh, that you know there's a lot of new research now that sort of kind of debunking the idea of twelve step, and there you know there's new medicines and that, but. Uh, I've had more than a share of people who are very close to, who are dead now, from from drugs and alcohol, and um, most of the ones who are dead weren't going to meetings or stopped going to meetings. So I'm very much on the side of what works, you know. Um, that said, you know, it's like life. You know, uh, I, and I think somebody said it, I didn't say it, but, but they say, like, the program itself is perfect. The program is perfect. The people are work in progress. <laughs> if you're in a 12-7 room, it doesn't matter what it is for drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, nobody gets into that room because their mother Teresa. You know, everybody's messed up in some way. Um, and uh, so, you know, uh, so basically what I'm saying is uh, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, proponent of 12-step, of, of but at the same time, uh, it's not a, uh, you know, we get in trouble when we put these things on the dais like you can never, you know, and it's the people. People are complicated, you know. I sure do. It's the concept of a dry drunk. I'm sure you've heard of that before. You know that's a, you know you can be sober. I'm not drinking, you know, but I'm still beating my wife, or I'm still, you know, this, that, the other thing, and uh, so it's complicated. You
0: know? There are two female characters, both of whom have couple of relationships, and although it's an obvious or even gauche question, I have to ask, do you find it easy to write from the female perspective?
2: Oh, um, I think that writing, I don't find writing easy in any perspective (laughs) per se, but, uh, but I try to write, whether it's a male or female or whatever, I try to write as humanly as possible, and I try to write uh based on the ideas like I I, I would I always want to try to write a character that an actor would want to play. So in order for an actor to really want to play the part, you know, it, it has they have to start somewhere and end up somewhere. They have to be uh the character has to be actively pursuing things through the play. It has to go from A to B. Um and that's what I try to do. Um so if it's successful um it's because of that, um, I don't know, because I'm sure that half the people will say, oh, he writes great female characters, and the other half will be like, mm, "Now, you know, so you can't really say. You just try to write t- t- truthfully and actively. And again, you're putting yourself into everything that you write anyway.
0: Speaking as a director and as a woman, how did he do? <laughs> He did great. I mean, they're all great
1: characters. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I have, no, I have no worries. And I don't think the actors playing it have uh, playing those parts. I mean, you know, the, that's what's interesting. It's not, you know, that there's been so much depth and exploration because they're complex characters.
0: And with that, we hope that those of you who are about to see the show will love it as much as those of you who have already seen the show. And let us thank Indu Rubasingham and Stephen Adley girgus